Bruce, okay. One syllable. Okay. So Dave um, is, uh, leads up the uh, vineyard in Canada. And how many vineyard churches are there in Canada, About by the way? 70 or so. Wow, exciting. And uh, he's also written some songs that no doubt m- many of us in the room have sung. Um, the one that my kids love, I mean, we sing it at their primary school, every move I make, I'm making you, making you, Lord Jesus. You probably sing it better than me. And then, and then, Jesus, <laughs> holy and anointed one, and lots of other songs. And then he's also got a passion, not just for worship, but for justice. And you've done some work in Nepal, which I haven't even spoken to you about. I've been there myself. Make yourself at home. Minister to us. You don't have to perform. We don't see you as a guest speaker. We see you as a... As a friend. Good. That's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Ah, it is good to be here. So I, I have one question because I, I just can't get. So Roos is a Dutch name. You might not know that. Raus is uh, said in Holland. So I'm fascinated. What? So verboda, I understand that must mean forbidden. But what is Rook? Oh, okay. I thought it was like we have a card game called Rook, and I thought you're not supposed to play cards in here. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was happening. So uh, we won't stone you if you smoke, so just don't worry. But uh, all right. Now my, now my mind is clear. I can relax. I can, uh, and I'll meet you out back for a smoke after the... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But uh, it is uh, as... Um, Taryn said, really great to be here, and got to meet one of his daughters. So I, I met only two out of seven of the Williams. No, I met your wife. Is she here? She's with the kids. Got it. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I love this. This is exactly uh, for us in the vineyard communities around the world. We just really lean into family and friendship. So... Seriously, that's how I'm here, you know. If, if, so hopefully I've just got a few things to chew on, like think about a little bit. I understand you've been working through uh, a series on identity in Christ. So I think this will kind of hopefully fit with uh, where you've been going and such. Just trying to get a nice view here. This is great. How many of you, I, I know that uh, a lot of your sort of coming together has happened post-COVID, just sort of a, sort of a, you're finding each other. How many of you have, have become part of this community since, since the fog of COVID? Wow, just look around the room at each other for a second. That's pretty significant. That's amazing. So God's calling you together to be a family, Right? And his presence is here. Let's just rest for a minute. One thing that we're really trying to learn together as a family around the world, there's an association of vineyard churches in 15 different countries now. And another 30 or so countries where associations are emerging. And it's kind of clumsy language because it doesn't really communicate what we are, but we're just... Kind of how, we, how I like to say it is, every time I say yes to Jesus, 
And a bunch of you type of people say yes to Jesus. We just keep ending up in the same bucket. Like it's like we just can't escape each other. So it's not about right or wrong or better or worse. It's just about faithfulness to Jesus, right? So many of us, you know, have followed Jesus in this room for quite a long time. Others of you, his name might even be foreign. Like it's like, what is this? I just kind of needed some friends or... I needed to go somewhere today. Others of you might be just in, you know, we're in all kinds of various places, aren't we, of uh, this journey. But we all stand on level and solid ground at the foot of the cross, wherever we are, wherever we're coming from. And so um, as we've been doing in, in, in the worship, would it, be, would it be uncomfortable just to pray just for a minute? more. If you're comfortable with this, maybe just open your hands. You don't have to do this. Nothing magical about it. or But it's a, just a way of demonstrating surrender. So Lord, we are grateful. And we're hungering for you, but we're in that hunger, discovering that we're hungering for community. We're hungering for belonging. We're hungering for this place to so I, I just pray that as we reflect on our identity in you and who you are to us, right in the shadow of Table Mountain here, we rest in your presence and say, build a house here, Lord. A family that could shine. So as we've said already, we just pray, come Holy Spirit, come. I'm going to do something maybe just a little unusual. You know, pr let's pray this together. It's based on the, on the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, and we'll just step into our text today. I don't know why, I just felt like this would be a good thing to pray together. Would you join me in this? Father in heaven. Sanctify your name. May we see your will ever more evident on the earth, just as you establish your rule and reign in the heavens. Be the source of all our daily bread, all we need. Save us from grasping, envy, and avarice. We lean into your extravagant forgiveness and end the prayer halfway through because the animation of the slide just brought us through it. I forgot I had that on there. This is a good prayer. All you can handle is half the prayer. So it's like that's what we're, that's what we're doing. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Who's the text talking about? Jesus. This is like audacious. This is crazy. This friend of Christ, this disciple of Jesus who's knocked around the earth with him, around Palestine and around Jerusalem and in the Middle East, tromped around, 
you know, in the desert, in the highs and the lows of them for about three years, saw him die and raise from the dead. He's trying to start now writing down his memoirs, his, his remembrances and the stories about Jesus. His head and his heart are so full of all kinds of things that he experienced and he learned from Christ that he tells us in his little uh, epistle, or not his epistle, the gospel of, of, of John, this book that he wrote, that if he were able to write down all the things that Jesus said, all the things that he experienced just in a three-year window of walking with him, he says there wouldn't be enough libraries and shelves and books to contain all of that stuff. That is amazing. That's kind of what it's like to be in the presence of Jesus, isn't it? Like here we are just singing a few songs for about half an hour, whatever it was, and all, like, there's a, like there's a whole bunch of stuff. You could just be jotting it down about what it was like to be in the presence of Christ, isn't it? It's sort of like, it's an ongoing, ongoing thing. But what John is doing here, it's really kind of crazy because he takes this logos, this in the Greek, but it's, this goes deep into the understanding of the Hebraic people, the Israelis, the, the, the people of Israel, for a couple thousand years. And it also taps into some of the sensibilities of the culture and the time that Jesus was in there, particularly amongst the Greek and the Romans. And he has the audacity to say, who and what you've been searching for has actually been in front of us, fleshed out in the person of Jesus Christ. He anchors the whole thing to creation. I mean, Taryn was you know, kind of touching on that. The word. In the Hebraic understanding, God was the word. Deeply anchored into creation. By the word of God, all things came into being, right? In the New Testament, some of the New Testament writers capture this imagination and this understanding of Jesus and say, it's by his very word that the whole entire universe is held together. But the crazy thing is this, it's not just sort of some distant God. It's not sort of this cosmic creature that is just trying to hold everything together. He has come in the person of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the Father looks like, sounds like, behaves like, in, engages with you like, look to Jesus, right? If you want to understand the mystery and the wonder of the Holy Spirit, you just need a little bit of, of, of teeth in it. It's, it's got to be fleshed out just a little bit more. Look to Jesus Christ. In the traditions, in the history of the church, the gospels have always been central. They're kind of like the hinge point between the writings and the letters and the teaching instruction of the book of, of, of the New Testament, the books of the New Testament and the book of Revelation, as well as the Old Testament. Does that kind of make sense? So this whole thing you're going through of identifying yourself in Christ is absolutely central to our understanding of faith. Does it smell like Jesus? Does it look like Jesus? Does it engage like Jesus? This is our ultimate lens of discernment, right? It's amazing. And these Israeli people, they were just like, this is just too confusing. How could God be fleshed out like this? This is just too earthy. It's too mundane. It's too real. It's too human. But this is the good news of the gospel. He is with us in the midst of everything. We were just referring to that a little bit, right? 
Then you have the Greeks and the Romans. It's like the Logos. This was not new language. In fact, for a long time, there was this understanding amongst the, the, the philosophers and the educated people that there was this great cosmic power called the Logos that was wisdom. And if you could just tap into the universe, you'd get everything sorted. If you could just sow into the universe, the universe would give back to you and you could kind of have this exchange. And John says, you know what? I want to tell you something. Who you think this is, it's not just some cosmic being. This is not just the cosmic Jesus. This is not just the spirit of Jesus. He is fleshed out in front of us and died on a cross and rose from the dead. This is incredible, isn't it? And so the power of the good news of Christ is this. What you're doing here today is not an escape from the reality of life. It's giving you power and strength and courage to go right into the midst of every situation you're in, everything you're facing, every struggle, every joy, every triumph, every fear. Jesus is with you in the midst of it. Does that kind of make sense? Kind of the world is so upside, so upside down, right? It's, it's like we live in Canada on the western part of the country in a province called British Columbia. The mildest climate in all of Canada. So just, just don't, don't panic. Although I did live in a part of the country for seven years that the temperature in the middle of winter would hit minus 60 Celsius. I am living proof you can survive that kind of weather. Little bit of rain, 30 hours of rain. What's that? Try minus 60 for two weeks, okay? So (laughs) the world is just so upside down. So we, in our community, the little vineyard that I'm a part of in the city called Kelowna, British Columbia, it's about three hours from Vancouver, which is the West Coast. If you know anything about the geography or this might just sound like mumbo jumbo to you. (laughs) We have... Eight families now and an expanding, growing community of uh, people that have immigrated to Canada from Africa. We have eight families that are refugees uh, from the very deepest uh, parts of Congo. I don't know if you know much about Congo. It's like a, it's kind of a war-torn nation. More people have died, actually, in the last decade on the soil of Congo. Now, outside of the Holocaust, so this doesn't include the Holocaust, but... The amount of casualties in World War II, there's more people that have died in Congo in the last 10 years than the entire casualties of World War II outside of the Holocaust. Where are you, word? Where are are you, Jesus? So I met this guy named Justin, and he's a beautiful man. English is, is kind of coming. So we have these amazing conversations. He's sitting in my home just a few months ago, and he's trying to explain to me his journey in the heart of Congo, right in the, you know, right in the, the, the guts of Africa. And he's explaining to me his village, you know, and it's the warlords and all this just insanity. And I'm just going, dude, like what? How did you navigate all this? What he got out of Congo, he went into Kenya and then up into Uganda and he was in a hospital for a year recovering from the wounds that he received from his village being absolutely like just burned to the ground by warlords. He's trying to explain it to me. I'm like, what is going on? I don't, I don't get all this. And he says, well, let me just show you. And I'm thinking, show me? Like, how, what is that? And he pulls up his shirt 
like just lifts up his shirt and he's just had bullet scars like all over his body. Up on one shoulder is a, is a ridge of flesh that is just gone. It's got like grooves in it. You can, now I, I have kind of a crazy imagination. I'm slightly ADD, so just hang on for the ride. But it's like, you know, I can just imagine the bullet just, just ripping through his flesh. And I'm like, dude, like what is going on? And he just leans into me and he just puts his hand on my knee. He goes, brother, don't you know the good news of the gospel? Jesus never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He is with us. He was running with me through the villages and I've held people that are dying in my arms and he is present right there to walk them into the gates of eternity. He says, Jesus is here. This is the good news of the gospel. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, my car won't start in the morning and I think God's abandoned me. You know, I've had, I've had bad, hard, bad hair day and I'm into like intercession and just praying, Lord, just get me better hair gel. I, I just, I need to pull this together. You understand what I'm saying? And the beauty of worship, the beauty of the presence of Christ is we don't escape this world to find him because he's come to find us. And he's here. He's here. Now, so what we're doing here today, what we experience together, what the Williams and the team are, you know, leading us into, why the Lord is drawing you together is not to get you on just the treadmill of church life. It's to bring you together to experience the presence of Christ with you. And then amazing things happen. Sometimes we see healing. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes there's like, I mean, I mean this, you know, this presence of Christ you're experiencing so wonderfully together. But we're in this thing together because Jesus is with us. Does that make sense? The word has become flesh. Through him everything was made. And in him was life. And the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. You say, well, that was kind of a really kind of weird story. This dude running around, bullets flying. And it's like, like how, how could, this is it. The darkness did not overcome, even though he was in the midst of it. Because the light and life of Christ were with him. Does that make sense? The life was the light of all mankind. This is not a white man's religion. This is not a European way of thought. So we must come to the feet of the word became flesh. Everything was made anchored to the understanding of the creator of us all. And if the indigenous peoples of the world give any of people like me with this color skin and raised in a Dutch home and, you know, going through all of that stuff, which I've got some wonderful things to carry for you. But I look back on my life and I was so disengaged from the creator and creation. I understand a whole bunch of other stuff about God. But it seems that the text is telling us, and I believe you can find these threads through the Old Testament and the New Testament, when we lose the sense of the creator and we lose touch with his creation, not to worship the creation, or as Taryn so beautifully said, there's beautiful things there and Jesus outshines them all. 
But this is where he walks. This is where he moves. One of the writers of the New Testament says it was just so scandalous to the Jewish people. They're like, no, no, no. We don't want this God that comes amongst us. We want the liberating God that comes and takes us out of Roman oppression and makes us, the, the, you know, the, the head and not the tail and all the stuff we try to, like, you know, kind of hype ourselves into. We can do this thing. We can do it. When the reality is we can do it, but it's with the light and life of Christ wherever we are and whatever scenario we're in. And it's the life of all mankind. All mankind. That's why we need each other. We need to be hearing from each other. Understanding together. What is it like to journey with Christ together? We're running classes in our church in Canada, in Swahili. Our national director from the Kenyan Vineyards, Eddie King. In the, he runs the AVC in uh, Association of Vineyard Churches in Kenya. We Zoom him in once a month on a Saturday morning. We have a big screen. We got a whole bunch of African people and he's teaching them uh, vineyard stuff and just basic theology and worshiping with them in Swahili from Kenya to Canada. Isn't that amazing? And I'm learning so much about who Jesus is. As we compare notes and we walk together, we go, your journey informs mine. My journey informs yours. And we walk together in the kingdom of heaven under the rule and reign of Christ. And he is the light and life of all mankind. It shines in the darkness. Hear the article, the, the lint, you know, sort of in grammar, the light and life. The word that's used here in the original Greek makes the words interchangeable. The life was the light of all mankind can also mean, the, the language just kind of spins around, that the light was the life of all mankind. You get, you get what's happening here? The message translation says it this way, what came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness. The darkness couldn't put it out. So it's almost like, it's like riding a bike. Light, life. Light, life. Life, light. Life, light. This is the journey of faith. But the light comes from Christ. If it doesn't line up with Jesus in the Gospels, it's not, it's not the real thing. It's a facsimile. It's false. It's an idol that is masquerading as Jesus. The light comes. You're like, oh my goodness, I can see clearer. Maybe I can see the next step. Maybe I see an illumination of what needs to change in me or have an understanding of God. Kind of in our you know, circles, we like to call things like that revelation. Light comes, but then it must translate into life. Or James warns us, the half-brother of Jesus, we just have a dead faith. Our action doesn't bring the light but our light informs our life. Does that make sense? And then you step out into life and you go, oh my goodness, I got more questions than ever. How do I engage in my neighborhood? What do I do in my career? Lord, who, you know, how am I walking this out in my family? Where are you leading me? You know, this dear couple, you know, ended up somewhere in, in northern, uh, northern South Africa, somewhere. What's that? Maputaland. They ended up in Maputaland for how many years? Three, and then all of a sudden they're back in Cape Town. It's like the light comes, there's light, you, but it's got to then step out, right? 
And then you're into life, and then you're into light, and then you're into life, and then you're into light, and then you're into life. And we begin to see a faith that's in motion. Does that make sense? So I don't get the light to escape life. I get the light to go into life. And then when I'm in the middle of life, oh my goodness, I discover I need more light. (laughs) Does that kind of make sense? Light and life. The statement, he is the light and the life of mankind, is curiously like the view of some physicists. This is very recent science now. What they're finding, physicists, electricity is both light and power, isn't it? So even even without light bulbs, if electricity is ripped, we call it what? Lightning. Do you get lightning here in South Africa? Think about lightning. That is a pure, raw electricity. There's power in it. There is light in it. It's fascinating that particularly in the New Testament, although through the Hebrew language in the Old Testament, you can find these threads of thought. Light and power come together. Heard this word. There's a Greek word, dunamis. It's used for the power of God. Taryn was telling us about the spirit coming. Sometimes we react. Why? Because there's power. We're not trying to make something up. We're not trying to hype anything. But sometimes you just react to the power. Trying to keep an eye on my time here. Are we doing okay? All right. So just checking in. As Hedda teaching children, this is many years ago now, we were just kind of in, in encountering the presence of God in ways that we'd never experienced before. We were trying to get a handle on it theologically and biblically, where we were trying to, to, to not let that make us afraid, though, and step back and not engage. And this one little kid puts up his hand when he goes, Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave. We called, we called ourselves pastors back then. We've kind of just, the lead, te- the lead of a team that's leading or something. And now we're into that stuff. But, you know, this was back in the pastor days. And I said, what? He goes, I had a pet hamster. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, uh-oh, here go. The whole teaching is just going to go sideways. Now, every kid taught children, like, it's a very good experience. It's the greatest. If you want to preach the word of God or be a teacher, spend a lot of time with kids because they hone you, man. They just keep you right down the beam. I had a pet hamster. He said, one day, the hamster's just like running. He, he was, I guess it was tame enough. He'd close the door and he, he'd put a a towel like so the thing couldn't like crawl out he just let it run around his room and he says one day it fell in its water bowl and it was all wet and then it went over to one of the electric sockets now I'm good now this story's getting cool like what is happening okay this we're gonna be okay the kid literally says to me he says the hamster stuck his nose in the socket and then he just went and he shot across the room and he hit the wall and he was smoking And then he looks up at me with these huge eyeballs and he goes, is that what the Holy Spirit is like? I said, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Sometimes you just, you're wired for something totally different than you think and you encounter the power of God, the electricity. What they're saying in science is the nearest thing that we can discover in the natural world 
that shows us what the essence of life is like. And everybody's always trying to figure out the essence, right? What's really in there? What's going on? How are we animated? How are we breathing? How are we moving? How are we thinking? So scientists are saying that essence of us, if it could be, you know, visualized and experienced in the real world, electricity is the ultimate physical form of life. Isn't that incredible? Be energetic in your life of salvation. Philippians 2.13 says, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy. Again, we got to be so careful. This isn't something we create or manipulate or hype or manufacture or get a bunch of buzz in the air and convince ourselves it's the presence of the Lord. It comes from within, but market followers of Jesus Market those of you that are seeking for the essence of life. The power of God fills us. An energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. We worked in a, we've planted vineyards in several different contexts. This, the place I was talking about that it would hit minus 60 is right in the heart of Canada. A city called Winnipeg. And we felt the call of the Lord. We went down into what's called the north end of the city, the largest per capita population of glue sniffers in all of North America. Tragically, a lot of them are indigenous, uh, First Nation, Inuit, and Métis people that are coming out of the reserves just trying to find their way into jobs and just get away from, the, from, the, from just, the, the, just the nastiness of the reserves, which we put them in, and come to the city to try to find their way Many of them eventually just find themselves sniffing glue. In our culture, it's called the poor man's drug. If you just can't afford anything else, you just... We've just got these guys, and I met this one guy, Raymond, who's just probably one of the best disciples and mentors in my whole Christian life. I got a pretty cool list, but Raymond's like at the top, and he's all beat up, and he's just trying to get free of sniff. Walking with him for three years... He's teaching me so much about life and about love and about how to be Jesus, light and life to all mankind. All mankind. About three years in our journey together, one day we're just sitting together and you could just feel the palpable presence of God. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not joking. I'm not hyperbole preaching. Like it was like this and I was like, ooh, okay, now, all right. And inside I'm thinking, all right, I got the goods, man. I've been trained. I've been equipped. I got the four spiritual laws. I got the, I got the you know, evangelistic thing. I, got, I could now, so what, where, what, how do I start like engaging? And I legit like feel the Holy Spirit just kind of gently stop me and just go, David, shut up. <laughs> like just wait. Just wait. And he's kind of uncomfortable. He's fumbling around. I'm like, dude, what's happening? He goes, what? what's going on here? I just sense, it was what Taryn was saying. You know, sometimes you just got this awareness of the Lord's presence. He's just kind of, oh, what's happening? I don't know. I said, and I'm thinking, okay, now I can explain to him. I can give him the, the theological opinions and my, and my deep revelatory prophetic understanding of what is happening right now. And I just feel the Holy Spirit just say, David, shut up. Just wait. Long story short, eventually, he just starts weeping, and he just, 
This is a watershed moment for me in the understanding of how to work, partner with God as he's moving into the, becoming the light and life of all mankind. And eventually, he's like, man, I just, I think I'm at this juncture. I said, what do you, what do you think? He said, I don't have words for it. I said, do you think you just want to surrender everything? Just, you know, without any strings attached, without any expectations, but just the purity and the simplicity of Jesus who you're encountering now. You just, do you think you just surrender everything to him? He goes, let me think about it. And then I'm thinking, okay, I got, I got the Lord's prayer. I got the sinner's prayer. This will really help. Well, the last thing an indigenous brother needs coming down from the reserve is my, to repeat my prayer for him. That's just like putting my foot on his head again, right? So I said, let's just wait. He's waiting. He's waiting. He starts to weep. He starts fumbling out this prayer. Like shouldn't have worked. And all of a sudden, he looks up me and his I was like the little kid with the hamster, literally. Like his eyes are just huge. He goes, he's in there. I was like, whoa, whoa, I don't know what's happening right now. What, what? He goes, he's in there. I says, what? He goes, he's in there. The Lord, I, I, Jesus, I, I can feel the Lord. Like I'm, I, I, And he was, began the beginning journey of changing from the inside out, not the outside in. He discovered that the light and life of all mankind is not about behavior management or sin management. It's about actual, literal transformation from the inside out. And then we don't only see that in individuals. We see that in neighborhoods. We see that in nations. We see that as we move about and bring the light and life of all mankind. And the willing, working power of God begins to bring his pleasure. As Jesus told us, shine like a light on a hill, so that everyone can see your good deeds and glorify my Father. Life, light, life, light. So then as we walk in the way of Jesus and are becoming like him, we then are carrying this light and this life. I'm sorry to inform you, our faith is not private. It is light and life. That doesn't mean we need to be belligerent, we need to just whatever, but we need to have the courage and the filling of the Spirit that we are bringing this life and light to all mankind. And here's the encouragement. The darkness cannot. It cannot overcome it. Even if you're running through a village in the heart of Congo with the bullets whizzing by your head, the darkness cannot win. Because the light and life of all mankind has come and he's coming again. And this just isn't a coping mechanism for life. This isn't just a positive thinking mantra. This is the essence of our faith. The light keeps on giving light is actually what the language means here in John chapter 1. The light shines in darkness. It's not shining over there. It's not like we're in some, you know... Disney, you know, what was, what was the Ant Life movie, you know, and you're, you're a moth in one of those scenes, find the light, find the light, you know, or what is that? Actually, it's stay away from the light because when you get there, you get zapped, right? The light shines in darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. The Greek here is 
Darkness can't attain light. It can't become light. Light displaces it. Does that make sense? This is why in, in the rhythms of your life and your devotions and your... This is why Christianity cannot be about behavior management. That's religion. And there's lots of other options that are better than actually Christianity if you just want to, like, get your act together. But if you want to lean into your brokenness and your humanness and surrender it all to Jesus, I'm telling you, everything will change. Everything. Darkness can't attain light. It also means it can't catch up with it. Even when it feels like it's taking over everything, it can't take over. Does that make sense? Even when it seems like things are the most dark. Have you heard that phrase? It's when the most dark that the light shines the brightest. Sometimes it's still just a little flickering hope. But a smoldering wick and a, and a bending reed the Lord will not snuff out or break. Hold on. Hold on. Lean into community. Lean into Jesus. Lean into each other. The darkness cannot overcome, so don't give in to it. It can't seize it. It can't catch it. Another mean, meaning of the word is darkness can't, if you've seen some of the translations, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. So when they're translating that into the English, they're capturing the essence of this word that means darkness is dumb. It's not intellectual. Isn't it crazy? You look over 4,000 years of human history and you go, it's the same things that we keep doing over and over and over. War, greed, anger, brokenness, addictions, whether it's shopping or it's heroin, all the same. It's, it's, it's this thing. Darkness can't grasp light. The light keeps on giving light. And as we've seen in the language of the text, light and life are interchangeable here. The life keeps on giving life, but darkness is fading. The darkness is fading in South Africa. And it's not only because apartheid went down, it's because the kingdom of God is advancing. And all mankind can live under the liberation of this life. Black, white, colored, Asian, indigenous, Métis, First Nation. Walking together in harmony, hand in hand, displaying to the world love for each other. And this is how they will know that the life and the light has come. This is the gospel. This is the cross. This is the resurrection. Is to bring this life and light. Jesus is making all things new. Revelation 21.5 his kingdom is forcefully advancing, which isn't belligerence. It's just that it's unstoppable is what the language means there. doesn't mean we have to jump up and down, you know, sing songs about stomping on the devil's head, although that's fun sometimes. But that's not what it means when it says the kingdom is forcefully advancing. It's unstoppable. That's why the greatest treasure still remains for those who gladly choose Jesus now. So bend your knee now. Repent, for the kingdom is upon you, Jesus said. It's advancing. It's moving. Get on board, little children. That's an American spiritual, like so that we probably didn't get that, but 
All darkness, all its insidious, unjust, abusive, manipulative, and deceptive power will never overtake the life and light of Jesus. For it can't sustain, it can't keep up, it can't grasp, it's brute. It doesn't think, it's mindless, it doesn't feel, it's without heart, it cannot comprehend. So don't live in the deception of the darkness. You'll just become a brute Thoughtless. You'll just be driven by your idols and your addictions and your, your need. When Jesus, as we've sung over and over and over today, can be everything to us, right? All right, I'm going to speed right up. I'm writing a new command. The truth is seen in him and in you. Our faith is not private. It is seen in you. Because... The darkness is passing by and the true light is already shining. The moment you've surrendered your life, your destiny, your hopes, your dreams into the hands of Jesus Christ, a light began to shine in you. Message says it this way, my dear friends, I'm not writing anything new here. It's the oldest commandment in the book. You've known it from day one, but we missed it, understood it, right? What's the linchpin of the Ten Commandments? Love God and love your neighbor. And then it gives us some really good ways to make sure that we're loving God and loving our neighbor. But when it becomes ruk verboda, we all die. You can't sustain, right? You can't, you can't hold on. It's just, it's just the oppression of the law. And Jesus brings the liberation of the light and life of all mankind. It's always been implicit in the message you've heard. On the other hand, perhaps it's new, freshly minted as it is both Christ, the Gospels. Again, dive deep. Don't just go been there, done that. The Gospels inform the rest of the New Testament. The Gospels inform the Old Testament. Know Jesus. Know the living word. Know the written word. Get into the light and life of Christ. The darkness is fading away. The true light is already blazing. It's in you. But what does uh, John say here is that the, the life and the light is this new command. Some of you that have been around community for a while and followed Jesus for a while. What's the new command? Love. Love each other. Love each other. Coming into land. Love never fails. I think Taryn was even mentioning it. You know, I think the Holy Spirit's just kind of weaving something here. Love never fails. Where there's prophecies, they cease. Where there's tongues, they're stilled. Where it's knowledge, it passes away. Love never fails. It's the light and life of all mankind. And it's in Jesus that we see it. This is how we know what love is. Remember that verse? That he died and rose from the dead. This love never gives up. The word actually means it survives everything. It sustains. Darkness can't sustain. Love never fails. Where there's prophecies, they cease. Tongues still knowledge. It passes away. But love never fails. Prophecies are good. We need some divine insight every once in a while. A word at the right time in the right place can be quite impacting. Give us something to hold on to. But without love, it's just a clanging gong. And it actually eventually cripples us. Because now we're trying to make a prophecy happen instead of leaning into the love of Christ. 
the most impacting prophecy you've ever received can't sustain you in the darkest night. It's love that will do it. Love never fails. But where there's prophecies, they cease. Tongues are still where there's knowledge, it passes away. Tongues, the mystical, the ecstatic, without experiencing things that transcend, that are inexplicable. Life is dull. <laughs> we need language for that which goes beyond language. The sounds beyond the sounds, the rhythms of life and grace and beauty that are hard to feel and express. We know they're there. We need an outlet that is mystical, that is full of mystery, that is full of beauty. Yet these will be stilled. They can't sustain the day or the night. Only love. If you don't speak in tongues yet, you know what? The good news is you can love. Receive the love of Christ and give the love of Christ. Freely receive, freely give. Light, life. Light, life. Receive, give. Receive, give. Pedal, pedal. One after the other. Life begins to move. Faith becomes vibrant and alive. And I know why I'm here. Love never fails. Prophecy cease. Tongue still. Knowledge, it passes away. Knowledge, understanding is a good thing to know. But the longer we journey in this life, the more we realize how much we do not understand. Your dear pastor here had to write a book in the last year just going, whoops. I got a piece of theology kind of messed up here. I think I'm going to like, I'm understanding something new about how women are invited into the kingdom of heaven and how, how we walk together as men and women in the journey of faith. We do see as in a dim mirror, most times just a reflection of something and not even a clear reflection, the Lord says. We want to be lifelong learners, but even knowledge passes away. It can't sustain for the long haul. Only love. If you can't get to seminary, you can love. If you don't understand that last Bible study, you can still love. And love is the light and life of all mankind. If you prayed for that sick person and they didn't get healed, you can still love. I haven't met one person yet that's been prayed for in love. They weren't a target of my great word of knowledge or my, my power in the Lord. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this. If I just come in love and I see the results of God, whether they jump out of a wheelchair or they die in the hospital bed of cancer, if love is present, the light and life is there. Jesus is present and the darkness cannot overcome it. This is the gospel. Love's not fragile. It doesn't need to be coddled. It's secure. It doesn't coerce. It doesn't bully. It doesn't control. It doesn't manipulate to achieve its end. It's not unkind. Evangelism that is devoid of love will become bullying. But if it's filled with the love and grace and the light and life of all mankind, together we discover Jesus just like I did in a beat up little house in the heart of Winnipeg with glue in the, just so strong in the air. I'm getting high. I was like, Lord, I don't want to wait any longer because I'm getting hot. Like I, I don't even know what's going on anymore. But Raymond fell into the arms of Jesus. And because he did, I fell into his arms again. And together we love Jesus. Step by step. Patient, kind, humble, selfless. Protecting its meek. And the darkness cannot comprehend this. 
can't comprehend this. Love is the kingdom now. Love is the kingdom coming. It's love that remains. Love shines. Keeps on shining. Life is growing. It keeps on growing. So Lord, we just... So if it feels dark, you know what? It can't overcome you. You don't have to turn into super Christian. <laughs> you just have to lean into the love of Christ. You don't have to you know, be anything other than what Jesus is inviting you to be right now. I know we're just like right at 11, so I'm sorry I filled the whole space, but we just, is it okay just to wait just for a minute? I don't know what happens with kids and stuff, but I raised four children and three grandkids, so I empathize with that dynamic. As we did earlier, can we just open our hands for a minute, and the team here will help facilitate ministry from here, and, but let's just, Lord, give us an awareness of your light penetrating this very room and also give us a, a discernment and awareness of where you are with us right now. I pray especially for those that feel like you're just so far away trying to find their way back to you when we just need maybe to realize you're right there by our side. And so we hold you. There's an old sort of vineyard song. I believe that you're here now, standing in our midst, here with the power to heal now, and the grace to forgive. I believe you're here now. Standing in our midst, here with power to heal now, and the grace to forgive. I don't know about you, but that message got me somewhere very deep. Um, you know, often when you hear a sermon, you're like, three things to work on this week. Can't think of one thing to work on this week. I just feel an, an invitation to life. Invitation to light. Invitation to love. To be transformed by love, light, life. And then to be that in the world. That's something I'd love to do with my life. And I thank you for imparting a vision for life at its best. Tell you what, I'm going to just ask the band to strum. And some of us just want to sit in a quiet place and savor that message. You just don't want to leave right away. Just want to make sure that you soaked it in, consolidated it, you you made any adjustments in your mind.
So the way we're going to do it is the band's going to just strum and you're welcome to stay here. For those of us that, uh, you know, you, you got what you came for and you got kids waiting for you, you can shoot off and have some coffee. Please don't go home. We can talk outside. So we're not officially landing our time together. So if you want to stay here, do. But if you've got to go, uh, and please don't go right away. There's some coffee. There's some people. Jesus, thank you that you are here now. We pray that we will be different this week because of what you've showed us this morning. Pray for people maybe here for the first time or back in church after a long time and you've been maybe in a dark place and the lights have come on today. And um, I pray for you that like... um, David's friend in Winnipeg, you'd have that same revelation. He's here. He's in me. As you trust in Jesus, he comes and lives inside of you. Trust in Jesus today. Trust in Jesus today. you just sing any chorus over us. Just sing not the whole song, just any chorus of your choice. Just sing it over us. You sang a song, but I want to hear your voice again, man. It's one song. Sing it over us. Would you mind? Did I drop you in the deep end there? Thank you for the light shining down on me. Thank you for this light that makes me free, oh Lord. I look to you, I look to you. Flees in the light of you, and the darkness breaks in the life of you. So fill me, Lord, fill me, Lord, fill us, Lord, fill us,
sing with my mind, I sing with my spirit also. Pray with my mind, I pray with my spirit also. So let's sing, let us pray, begin to sing and pray. Let your voices rise, let your voices rise. for the cave today, Lord. We lift our hands. Let your glory roll on down from the top of Table Mountain right down to the crashing waves of the sea. Let your glory shine in the heart of the city, to the suburbs and out all across this land, Lord. Let the life and the light of all mankind shine. Black, white, colored, rich, poor, a new social order released by the kingdom of heaven, a new place of grace and life and light and hope. Let it shine in this city. 